And what's going on, Yankee fans? Big Blue in the Bronx is back again. And we are, well, this is being recorded on a Thursday, I must remind you that. But we're almost to the day of spring training. And I have some news about that. We're obviously going to talk about the news around camp and the Domingo Herman thing. I know we talked about a little bit with Jules on Monday slash Tuesday because I always pre-record. Um, but we have a lot of stuff to get into. If you look to this side, and I know because the camera is like kind of uh, cutting out my finger, we have spring training buzz to go over. Two Yankees are back from the Girardi era. We'll point those two out. 26-man roster projection, 40-man roster projection. I also have my favorite, or at least, you know, two people, three people to look at for non-roster invitees. Two of my favorites, in there. I think there's another one in there as well. So let's talk a little bit. And um, first, I'd like to bring up this whole Hermana thing. And I was going to bring it up at the end because I was just doing some notes before I started recording. And I'm like, you know what? This is more of the recent news, or at least it's been going on for a while. So I wanted to uh, just get it out of the way. So my thing with this whole Hermana thing is, look, what he did wasn't right. And... Be honest, you know, I was kind of shocked when I heard that his girlfriend and him were still together. And thank you to Brian Hoke and Bronx Bomber News and stuff like that for keeping me updated. Obviously, you know, I'm not a source. You know, I'm not in there. I don't have sources in there. So um, they usually keep the fans updated throughout the day, the week, whatever, with all this news. It's kind of like beat reporters for the Giants. I mean, they kind of do the same thing. And obviously, uh, coming into this year and spring training I think a lot of people including myself knew that there was going to be a weird feeling you know Domingo Herman is coming back and he you know has been out a year he didn't pitch for the Yankees in 2020 I don't think he was even in spring training and you know that could cause some damage to the locker room and the trust in him so obviously we heard you know Zach Britton start opening his mouth um but I think definitely in that situation, and we went back and forth on this, not really back and forth, but we were talking about it. Um, Jules was talking about this. You know, the Yankees are a classy organization, and they're not going to do things like, you know, uh, let's just say for NFL reasons, Deshaun Watson, oh, trade me, trade me, trade me. Uh, release me, release me, release me. That's not going to happen with the Yankees. They're a classy organization in a classy city in a big market, and they're not going to do that. You know, that's just what they don't do. They're going to be, you know, that classy type of organization that tries to, you know, not put all the attention on them. The attention they want on them, of course, is when they go on the field and they start winning five games, six games in a row. But nonetheless, coming into this year, you really didn't have, you know, an established locker room presence. CC Sabathia has been gone for almost two years. Uh, Brett Gardner obviously wasn't signed at the time when Britton opened his mouth. So it was kind of, it wasn't a locker room you know, all the Giants back from, you know, 2017. It wasn't that, but, you know, Britain, I guess, expressed concern publicly and or something got leaked, and now everybody knows about it. So what happened was is that um, Aaron Boone obviously said something about it, and I think Cashman may have. I don't know, to be honest with you. Luke Voigt, I'll share you his quote right now. And you know, he basically addressed everybody in the Yankees organization other than the owners, you know, which is kind of surprising. But at the same time, you know, the Steinbrenners do what they do best. And, you know, they sit upstairs and, you know, they, uh, you know, handle the other stuff while the Yankees and Aaron Boone handle the locker room stuff. So 
Luke Voigt said this on Herman. We have him back, but he is skating on thin ice. And this is something I've really never seen before. At least with the Yankees. At least I don't remember it, to be honest with you. Um, I've never seen this with the Yankees because, you know, in my lifetime, or at least the time I've been a Yankees fan, I haven't, like, seen this to where, you know, a player does something wrong and... You usually don't get that much attention with the Yankees. You know, with the Herman thing came out, nobody really said anything other than the news sources, of course, and then they put him on the suspension, and now Britain says something. So, uh, probably to just to cap it off, the Yankees are handling this, in my opinion, very well. They're going to give him another shot. I never really agree, to be honest, with cutting him. I know a lot of Yankee fans out there, oh, cut him already, cut him already. And it was a couple of... Uh, other fans that were saying the same thing as well and they're not going to do that in the middle of spring training you know if you're saying just as be a fan I understand that but you know when it comes to oh he's already in spring training why don't you cut him now it doesn't make any sense and he is a vital part of this team by no means what he did was right but you know he served his suspension he did what he did for the MLB and now he's back in the Yankees uniform and you know I think what Britain said, he should have been a little bit smarter. I don't know what the you know full story was. I know what he said. It's just in the terms of how it came out. Oh, did somebody leak it? Did he say it to the press? Did he say it to this person? Did he say it to that person? I don't know. But when you're in the New York media, you kind of have to be a little more, for lack of better words, I don't know, uh, eyes open, say it that way. And I didn't think he was, you know, meaning to start trouble. I think he was just trying to put a message out there. Look, man, you know, we don't fully trust you yet because of what you did, you know, how many months ago. And Herman, obviously, you know, he's got his translator and everything. But, you know, he spoke and he said, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cause a distraction and everything else. So, again, it was peculiar to me. But at the same time, you know, things like this have happened all across sports. I mean, DeAndre Baker sort of thing happened. You know, nobody really said anything in terms of that. Um, but Baker said at the end, you know, when he was uh, freed of charges and he's on the Chiefs, he's like, you know, I didn't mean any disrespect to the Giants. You know, they gave me a chance and, you know, all the drama blew it and it's partially my fault, which is, you know, a respectful thing to do in the New York media. You're not going to go ahead and trash the team um, like Jamal Adams or something like that. But, you know, DeAndre Baker said his apology, and so did Domingo Herman. I mean, even though Baker was kind of a different situation, you know, um, we could finally move on with this thing. Doesn't mean we forget it, but I guess for right now, we do forgive it. So, going back to the first spring training game, which will happen, obviously, this Sunday against the Blue Jays, Michael King will start. And, obviously, if you're a Yankee fan and you pay attention, you know that they're not going to start Corey Kluber or Garrett Cole immediately, you know. It's going to be really hard, in my opinion, for a couple of different reasons this spring training because obviously you know they put in the rule of you know only five teams the Yankees could play and again I agree with that in terms of travel uh, but at the same time you are hurting the minor league players and I'll get to that reason in a minute but also the Yankees are going out west coast this season you know they're going to the central teams they're going to Kansas City they're going all those places so I don't understand you know I get it exposure at least early in the season is the worst because that could, you know, shut down everything. Just like any other point can, but obviously earliest is the worst. Um, but it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Again, you know, I have total, I would say, uh, remorse for the whole COVID thing. And I get it. I get the COVID thing, you know, oh, no travel, barely any travel. I get you're trying to limit travel. But at the same time, when your teams are, 
you know, playing teams out west this season and they're going to be, you know, doing interleague play once again, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. And with that comes no uh, split squad games, which I always enjoy. And obviously they never broadcast, you know, two of the same uh, team. Obviously the Yankees don't do that. But if there was a home game, the Yankees would broadcast. If it was a away game, just like any other spring training, uh, they would not broadcast it, obviously. It would be up to, you know, you finding a stream of the, let's just say the Yankees play in Sarasota with Baltimore. You have to find a stream that the Baltimore crew is broadcasting. So, you know, it's not like regular season games where they follow everybody. I mean, things are going to be different this year, uh, especially with broadcasters, because we don't know if they're going to be traveling. We don't know if they're going to be staying home, which I really don't want to happen. I mean, I get it. Once again, COVID. But just for, like, the forsaken future, a lot of the broadcasters, it's not just, you know, speaking into a microphone. And, you know, you enjoy the experience as well because there's a lot of probably East Coast guys who've never been to the West Coast and would like to go to the West Coast just to see it and explore it, you know. Um, but it is going to hurt that there's no split squads because, once again, you have the non-roster invitees, which include the minor league prospects. I mean, it's not going to be all 30 top prospects. You'll have those minor leaguers you don't know. Um, but definitely if I was Aaron Boone, I would give the minor leagues more playing time. Cause as I said, you know, I'm going to repeat it once again, it's kind of like no preseason in a way you're hurting the minor league players. You're hurting the younger players because they're in your system. And I'm not saying, you know, it's MLB team's fault. It's the MLB's fault in a way because they have to consider this and I get it. You know, there were concerns before and I'm talking in Arizona, I'm not talking in Florida there were concerns before of, oh, you know, Maricopa County has, you know, how many cases and whatnot. And there was some leaks about that. Apparently, Jeff Passan was saying, you know, that the hockey in, I think, Maricopa, Arizona, or some county in Arizona, you know, the stadiums were open and everything was flowing fine. But the mayor signed off on it of no spring training baseball in Arizona, which didn't make a lot of sense. But my point is, and I'll get down to it, obviously, before I go to the other spring training buzz, is that, you know, split squads will hurt. And it's going to hurt some of these minor leaguers as well because they didn't play last year. You know, with the whole COVID pandemic 2020 season, minor leaguers did not play, minor league teams did not play. So guys for who weren't at the um, Rail Riders camp or AAA teams camp or the alternate site, as they say, you know, guys who weren't there are going to be, you know, I would trust them enough to be working out and you know staying in shape during that time but it's going to feel a little different because you're not playing games unless you're in the mexican league i think it is or it's you know the spanish league or something like that where luis medina was playing um luis gill was playing who else was playing gary sanchez was playing miguel and duhar was playing so unless you're staying up to shape it's kind of like you're playing high school baseball and then you go play for a travel team in the summer that's how you stay in shape that's how you you know play games and stuff but it's going to be harder for teams excuse me, players who didn't do that to jump on a field again and say, hey, I'm going to be playing in a game again. It's going to be, you know, much. Obviously, that's why they have uh, players and pitchers and everyone else report to spring training for obviously it's basically like training camp before the preseason games. So without further ado, uh, let's go on to the Clint Frazier one. I don't have the exact quote, but he did say now he feels a part of this team. He feels he's all grown up. And I really like to see that. Because, as Jules said on Tuesday, it's a long time coming. A long time coming for Clint Frazier. I was excited. I think 2017 he was out. Uh, or no, it was actually 2016 he was out for the season. 
2017, you know, I was so excited to see him, but I think um, he got sent down right away, and then he got called back up and hit those homers against, I think it was the Brewers, I want to say. Um, in 2018, obviously, he was up and down. 2019, obviously, that whole media thing where he, like, did not talk to the media, which is, I think, actually mandatory. And that's why the Yankees have that guy. I don't know his name. They have a guy in there that, you know, basically uh, suits up the player relations to the media because you're in the New York media. It's not like you're going to Kansas City or Texas. You know, you're going to New York media. And if you don't, you know, do something the right way, the fans will crap on you. The media will crap on you. So, obviously, after 2019, that big game against the Red Sox where he was playing right field made too many defensive errors that cost us. 2020, his defense was pretty good, and as was his hitting. So, you'll get that at Clint Frazier, and, you know, with his defense improving, he's definitely going to be the starting left fielder. And I think Boone is making a very smart decision with that, even with Brett Gardner coming back, which will actually compromise guys like Esteban Floreal and Mike Talkman. We know Greg Allen was DFA'd, but those backseat outfielders like Talkman. And uh, what's the other one I just mentioned? It's about Florio and some of those other guys, maybe Jay Bruce as well. It's going to compromise those guys because they want to see Frazier, you know, acting like a starter. They're going to put him in the starting lineup uh, probably, you know, my guess, between the fifth hole and the eighth hole. I'm going to say that for right now. Again, I don't know. I'm not projecting anything. I'm not projecting the starting lineup yet. But they're going to be given, you know, how many innings before they go to the rookies and all the younger guys. So, again, he's going to get an up in playing time even in the regular season. So, again, but definitely it's going to compromise the outfielders who are trying to compete for the backup spots like Talkman, as I just said. And this will also, you know, sort of compromise them as well. Stanton said he could play the outfield. Boone says he has no problem putting him there sometimes, which will compromise them again. Uh, obviously, Frazier, you know, playing left field, starting left field, does more of the work of the compromising. But Stanton getting some time in left field and right field, maybe Frazier's DH one day, maybe Judge's DH one day, you know. He could play left and right. He can't play center. I mean, I don't know when he's played center. But Hicks is obviously going to be your starting center fielder. Judge will be in right. Maybe he'll rotate with DH. I mean, I don't really see Clint being a DH because, you know, he's not injury prone like Aaron Judge or Giancarlo Stanton. So they'll probably flip-flop him in right field. And right field is his position, at least before he got injured, you know, they're playing him DH. So that's definitely going to compromise. Um, also something I didn't know till today, Justin Wilson's not throwing sinkers anymore, which is going to be interesting. But, you know, obviously I'll save a little bit of that for my roster projections as well. Uh, also, one of the highlights in spring training, Garrett Cole struck out Mike Talkman. I think it was today or yesterday in batting practice. Mike Talkman, what does he do? Um, well, he hits a homer in the next at-bat. So he could be impressing there. And obviously, once again, you know, that's your own pitchers. Once you start going up against younger pitchers or older pitchers that are trying to compete for spots on other teams, you know, you'll see what he actually is made of and, you know, what he's coming into spring training with. So obviously I said the Voight Herman thing. Gio Urshela could play Sunday. This was, you know, a couple days ago that Aaron Boone said, you know, he may play Sunday. Gio Urshela said he's almost back to 100%. Uh, with that, do not rush him. You know, I get it. You, you know, want him back. He's your best defensive third baseman. But at the same time, you don't want to compromise him. You know, you don't want to uh, put him out on the field for an inning. He uh, makes a dive at a ball and, like, hurts something. I forget what his injury was. I think he removed a bone spur or doctors removed a bone spur. And he's been, you know, recovering from the surgery ever since. But my point is, you know, you don't want to reaffect that spot in spring training. You know, if it was a regular season, 
I could sort of see it, but at the same time, you wouldn't want to compromise a player like that. You would not want to, for lack of better words, you know, put a player in that situation. So if it was me, I would see how Rochelle is doing. I would not play him on Sunday. I would not play him on I would not play him on Sunday. I'd probably play Andujar at third base or somebody else. Um, Tyler Wade doesn't play third, no. Mike Ford does not play third, no. Tyro Estrada, maybe, but in terms of, you know, starting third base, maybe Andujar gets one more crack. And, um, you know, this is one of his final cracks at probably being a starter. I mean, Urshela's pretty much, you know, had it in the bag for how many years now, ever since he's came onto the scene. And Andujar season-ending surgery in May of 2019, and then 2020, he's up and down from camp to the big leagues so I don't think that Andujar is going to you know take it back defensively I think he's going to try to take it back offensively and obviously you know Urshela everybody gets into struggles at some point but Urshela is known for his defense I mean 2019 he had a big offensive year but in terms of you know the way Andujar wants to win the position back obviously if he's going to get some playing time at all he'll probably be because of his offense and not because of his defense um, so that's the way I see that thing. And uh, just another note to add, Jay Bruce, he was playing first base. I mean, I think he played first base a little bit with the Phillies or the Mets or the Reds, one of those National League teams. But it definitely wouldn't mind that. He is a non-roster invitee, so he's not on the 40-man roster. So we'll see where you know the Yankees put him in that stuff. So obviously, before I go into um, my predictions and my projections for the 26-man roster and the 40-man roster, I want to go over something and obviously... I'll go over right now. Two Girardi guys, or at least, you know, they were from the Girardi era, are back with the Yankees. And one I didn't know about, one, of course, I knew about. Adam Warren, um, he obviously came up with the Yankees. He got traded, or he was, you know, signed with another team. He's been flip-flopping ever since with the Yankees. But he actually, you know, had a, I would say, semi-decent year with the San Diego Padres last year. He had a 4-1 record, 5.34 ERA, 25 games, and 28.2 innings pitched. He didn't start. He was a reliever. And the other guy is Nick Goody. And I remember this guy uh, very vaguely. I remember there were two Nicks that were coming up from the Rail Riders. There was Nick Rumbello and there was Nick Goody. And, you know, I remember seeing both of them in Scranton. And, obviously, I remember seeing them in the big leagues just on TV. You know, I didn't go to the games. Um... But with Texas last year, he's 0-2, 9.00 ERA, 17 games, 11 innings pitched. So both are non-roster invitees. I really don't expect Goody to make it, but I just wanted to make the note that he's back with the Yankees. Uh, I didn't know they resigned him, but, you know, I thought he'd be out of the league by now. But, hey, Yankees are giving him another shot with a different manager, no less, and with a different set of coaches. So, so three guys. Uh, my favorite non-roster invitees and these three guys I think you guys should keep out for you probably know two of the names I'm gonna list three of the names so uh, the first one is Derek Dietrich Derek Dietrich spent a couple of years with Miami Marlins and then I think he went to the Cincinnati Reds was with the Phillies for a little bit I think last year or the year before didn't really get to play much and now he's with the Yankees I think that I don't know his defensive stats and I don't know what he does defensively but offensively I think he's a home run hitter. From looking at his stats, obviously he's you know he's the power hitter of the lineup, and I would personally probably take him over Tyler Wade. I mean Tyler Wade has speed, but Derek Dietrich has power. So I would see and you know just take a note of how those two guys play in spring training. I don't know, maybe Derek Dietrich uh, gets a backup infield spot, and takes him from Tyler Wade. I really don't see that, 
which is you know a hint to the projections later on. But once again, anything could happen. Uh, yet Hervis Solari took over for Eduardo Nunez in 2014, so you know anything can happen. The next guy, Jay Bruce. Obviously, everybody knows him. He was on the Reds for a while. He was on the Mets for a while. He was on the Phillies for a bit, and you know he's been all over the National League, and now he's with the Yankees. Uh, being expendable at first base, as I mentioned a little earlier, he was taking some reps at first base. Is going to help him? I think if he hits well, obviously it's going to help him. Defensively, I don't know. As I said earlier, you know it's going to compromise with Frazier starting left field and with Stanton maybe getting some outfield time during spring training. I don't know if they'll do that. Uh, they might, but then again, I don't know. But that will definitely compromise guys like Mike Talkman, Esteban Florial, um, Jay Bruce. So it's going to be really interesting to see how the Yankees handle that in terms of playing time. But I definitely would not mind having Jay Bruce on the roster as long as, you know, he's not, I don't know, um, just a damaging force to this lineup in terms of striking out and making bad defensive plays. I mean, most likely, even if he gets, you know, on the 40-man or gets on the 26-man roster, he's not going to get, you know, these many reps of playing time. He's not. You know, it will be Frazier. Hicks and Judge would stand in the DH. So you'll probably see Bruce as a pinch hitter or as a DH on occasion. So he's not going to be, you know, that everyday outfielder. It's not going to happen. Uh, the next guy is Addison Russ. Some of you guys don't remember him. And we traded David Hale last year for Addison Russ. Uh, Hale went to the Phillies. We got Addison Russ. And I forgot about this guy. I'm not going to lie to you. But I looked up his stats earlier. And he could be something for the Yankees bullpen. You know, he, um, I think one year he had five and six record. I think this was 2019 because obviously no minor leagues last year. Um, but in 2019, he had a five and six record still at a 2.54 ERA for guys who actually look at ERA because a lot of the analytics bugs uh, don't like looking at ERA anymore. They actually like looking at expected ERA, which really doesn't make any sense. Why would you use expected ERA and not use ERA? It just doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, people tried throwing that in my face, all expected batting average, expected this, that, and the other thing. Like, stop. Stop. Give me ERA and then give me expected ERA. Don't throw, you know, just don't go backwards with me. You know, I could try to get into analytics, but I really don't want to in terms of baseball. Football is a little bit of a different story. As long as you got your points and, you know, your film behind it and your other stats behind it, that's fine. Don't give me baseball analytics. Let's not make baseball into football. Or, you know, the other way around, if some of you think like Don LaGreca here. Um, but Addison Russ, he definitely, you know, throughout his minor league career, he's pitched well from level to level. And he could actually be something for the Yankees in the bullpen. I'd rather have him than a Michael King or a Nick Nelson. But obviously, you know, we're going to see what he does in spring training. Okay, so for once, you don't get to see my ugly face. Um, just kidding about that one. No, not really. But anyway... Let's go to the 26-man early roster projection. I wanted to create this because I'm like, you know what? Let me do it anyway. I was going to project the lineup, but I said, nah, I don't want to project the lineup. Um, but I definitely want to get this started just like as a early before spring training, you know, games actually happen. I want to throw out my predictions. Obviously, spring training, you know, afterwards, I'll do one before opening day, and you'll obviously see that. Um, probably in between one of the days... Uh, that the Yankees are off. I'll probably put it out on like a Tuesday or something. I have to check the spring training schedule. But once again, we'll get there. Um, for the pitchers, I have Garrett Cole, Corey Kluber, Jameson Tyon, Domingo Herman, and Jordan Montgomery. That's your basic rotation for the Yankees. Um, I do not see Divey Garcia making the 
uh, rotation or let alone the roster early. I think that guys like Darren O'Day and Justin Wilson in the bullpen will provide some depth. I mean, you have Chad Green, who's basically, you know, your starter or, you know, basically starter in the back end of the bullpen who could provide you some bullpen days just like Jonathan Loisega. Now you go into your relief pitchers like Justin Wilson, Darren O'Day, Chad Green, and Loisega, like I just mentioned, Zach Britton, and Roldis Chapman. So there, I know I kind of have, it's not really a bias, but in that case, I'm not really putting Michael King on the roster. I'm not putting Nick Nelson on the roster. I think they will try to stick to Justin Wilson and Darren O'Day, obviously depending on how um, they're doing. Darren O'Day, I think two years ago was pretty good. Justin Wilson, I think he had a rough year last year. I think it was with the Mets. That's probably why they didn't resign him. But once again, if he could go back to his 2015 Yankee form, that'd be great. But uh, we're talking about Matt Blake here as the pitching coach. So, you know, uh, catchers, it's the most obvious thing you could probably point out on a roster projection. Uh, Gary Sanchez and Kyle Higashoka. Infielders, I have about seven of them listed. Mike Ford. He's going to be that backup first baseman and kind of the power bat on occasion if he could make it through spring training and not strike out 30 times. Uh, DJ LeMahieu, obviously, you know, why wouldn't we have DJ on the roster? Same with Luke Voigt, Joe Rochelle, Glaber Torres, Tyler Wade. You know, I really wish they would try to get rid of him. You know, it's nothing, you know, oh, you hate Tyler Wade for no reason. No, it's just when he's on the field. You know, the only thing that Yankee fans and that the Yankees are attracted to is his damn speed. He doesn't do anything defensively. Oh, just because he played the outfield like four years ago doesn't make him good. Okay? Doesn't make him good. I don't know where Yankee fans are getting that he's this star player. Anyway, Miguel Andujar, uh, he's probably going to be that, you know, reserve infielder. Probably not for defensive reasons, but more like a pinch hitting reason. So you look at the outfield. Aaron Judge, Aaron Hicks, and Clint Frazier, those will be your starters. Giancarlo Stanton being the designated hitter. And Brett Gardner will be, you know, your backup outfielder. And I know it is kind of concerning and, you know, a little different that they're not playing in this, you know, projection that they're not having six outfielders. Well, you kind of could put Tyler Wade in the outfield, uh, supposedly, and Miguel Andujar as well because Andujar played a little left field last season and Wade also played center field and right field a couple of times in his career. I think left field as well. Um, but I don't see Mike Talkman making it. Obviously, as I told you earlier, he did hit a homer in spring training, um, in practice. But that doesn't mean he's making the roster. I really think that last year kind of sunk the boat with him. And with Frazier getting more playing time in left field and the Yankees finally entrusting him with the left field starting spot, I just don't think there's enough room for Talkman. I personally would be content with the r- roster that I have projected. Uh, Tyler Wade obviously being the odd man out of that one because I really don't like Tyler Wade. But let's move into the 40-man roster projection, the guys I have on the 40-man roster, which will be 14 guys not on the active roster. So here I have the, you know, the 14 guys that are basically left off the roster and, you know, the players are going to injured list. So I have Estevan Florial. I think that he will probably go up to A or maybe even AAA this season. I know he got some time last year. I think he was one for four against the Mets. Um, He did get his first hit, though, but I think since that happened, his trade value kind of lowered, so the Yankees don't really have any place to move him. But it's not necessarily the NFL where you're like, oh, this guy, oh, that guy, you know, uh, they, you know, it's basically not the same in terms of trade value. You know, if you have a, I don't know, a young running back or something like that, and, you know, teams will be more interested if he does more on the field. But if you have, you know, Estevan Florial, I think some teams, 
you know, if you get what I'm saying, the trade value is different in both uh, leagues, both situations. Mike Talkman, as I said, he will probably be in the minor leagues to start, at least in my opinion, because again, you know, the outfield situation. Davey Garcia, as I stated earlier, he's probably, in my opinion, not going to make the roster right away. I think last year was kind of a compromised situation, and you know, I'm still not happy about that game two ALDS where Aaron Boone took him out after an inning and put in Jay Happ. You know, how genius was that, right? Derek Dietrich, some of these I will remark will not necessarily be the most accurate because you will have some players sometimes, you know, like a Luis Gill or something like that, you know, from a uh, Tampa Tarpons. I know they're going back to the uh, the lower A, so I think the high A team who was now the Hudson Valley Renegades. You know, I'll have somebody from the Renegades or somebody from the, uh, what's the double A team? I don't even know these teams yet. Somerset Patriots probably be on the uh, 40-man roster. Doesn't mean they're going to call them up, though. So, you know, that's also a note to make Derek Dietrich. Uh, he could be in that situation, but I think, you know, the Yankees are good in terms of infield depth. But once again, you know, if Tyler Wade or someone else gets hurt and you need a power bat, Derek Dietrich is there. Tyro Estrada, defensively, he's good. You know, power, he'll show it once in a while, but he's good with his speed. And I obviously don't think that he will be making the roster right off the bat. He'll start in Scranton. Albert Abreu, the same thing. He got, you know, a little tidbit the major leagues last year I don't think he's going to be starting there Luis Sessa this might be a little bit of personal bias but I really don't think he's going to fit on the roster if he doesn't you know produce results because ever since 2016 him and Chad Green have flopped I mean Chad Green had his moments last year where he was bad he has moments in 2019 when he was bad but it seemed like they flopped because 2016 Sessa looked good and Chad Green looked bad Meanwhile, those two flopped, and Sessa started looking bad starting in 2017, and Green looked good. You know, someone the Yankees can trust. Risky. In the um, don't know much about him. Obviously, he's been with the Yankees the last, I think, two seasons out of the bullpen. He'll start in AAA immediately. Rob Brantley, he's going to be like that Eric Kratz guy. Obviously, they're not going to hold three catchers on the roster. I think that's kind of stupid if they did that. But Rob Brantley obviously signed to a minor league contract with an invite to spring training. He'll be getting the catcher role in Scranton, Chris Gittens. I was impressed with him. Um, I think he had a home run against the Blue Jays. He was either last year or the year before. You know, it's getting to my mind because obviously the 2020 pandemic season. But once again, I would like to see Chris Gittens on the 40-man. I don't think he's a bad player, and I think they will put him there. Nick Nelson and Michael King as well. Uh, they will be starting in Scranton. Uh, they're not going to get called up right away because, you know, it's either way. One of them is going to be sent down with Justin Wilson if he pitches well. And also the other guys, um, I don't see them how many years into his career. Jonathan Loisega, them optioning him. You know, he's a force out of the bullpen just like Chad Green is. Uh, go to Oswaldo Peraza. He's a guy I don't know much about. I think he was in Tampa last year, the year before. And he's probably going to be with Hudson Valley this year. Jay Bruce. Um... It's, it's kind of really, I would say, confusing in a way because some of these guys, uh, I'll point to a situation that happened a couple of years ago when Mark Teixeira was injured and Greg Bird was out, I think, the entire 16th season with some injury. Uh, they called Ike Davis and Chris Parmalee up before they did Nick Swisher, and I really didn't understand it, to be honest, but it just shows, you know, sometimes favoritism. It's not really favoritism, but, you know, uh, they'd rather select Ike Davis or Chris Parmalee to play first base rather than Nick Swisher, who was, I think, 35, 36 at the time. Uh, Shout-outs to him, though. One of my favorite Yankees of all time. But guys like Bruce, you know, a lot of, I would say, fans expect guys like Bruce and guys like Derek Dietrich to automatically make the 40-man because they're easy to call up. And, you know, they played in the big leagues before. 
Um, sometimes that actually doesn't happen, and sometimes they'll just be, you know, in, let's say, uh, AAA. You know, they'll stay there for a couple of weeks in the season, then they'll call him up. But um, it's not like the teams have to outright him. It's not like if the Yankees opted to not start them and put him in AAA. It's not like they have to outright him because both of them are not on the 40-man roster. And plus, you know, you would need the consent of both of them if they are past five years in the career, and both of them are. So, you know, that's pretty much that. And that's pretty much my 40-man roster predictions. Obviously, Clark Schmidt, um, he's been shut down for a couple of weeks, I think, in an elbow sprain. I think they'll probably put him on the IL 15 days or 10 days. I think it's 15 days this year to start, and they'll probably send him down afterwards. I don't think he's completely ready yet. Luis Severino probably going to the 60-day IL as well because of the surgery he's coming off of. And once again, you know, he'll be back in June, July, August. So those are my 40-man roster projections, um, obviously the 26th beforehand. So that pretty much wraps up this episode of the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for supporting. Um, thank you for the hub for having me on once again um, Tuesday's talk show. Shout-outs to, you know, the content creators that go on there. Very awesome guys, very cool guys. We always have a laugh when we're on there no matter what. Um, but anyway, thank you guys. Hopefully, we win on Sunday. Uh, just rooting for the Yankees, obviously. I'm so excited that baseball is back. I don't know if I'll be streaming the game because you know how YouTube is with copyright. You know, if you play it on volume two and they hear a snippet of Michael K's voice, they're going to take you down immediately. But I definitely will be calling some games probably this season with Sox Arizona. I'll try to find a time. Or, you know, when he's free in his schedule, shout-outs to Sox Arizona, who's a Red Sox fan that lives in Arizona. He's also a Giants fan as well. Uh, but shout-outs to him. If I don't go to a Red Sox game this year, I definitely will be calling one of them with him. So thank you, guys. Uh, we'll see you on Tuesday probably with another Giants subject. I'm probably going to have a special guest on, and I'll keep you guys updated with another former Yankee that I might be interviewing in the coming days as well. Obviously, post that on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter with the most updates. Thank you guys, and we will see you on Tuesday.